Howdy! And welcome to the fifth episode of South by Southwest Podden, the podcast that covers South by Southwest 2018 from a Swedish perspective. I am Paulina Modipa, and I'm your host. And with me today here in Stockholm are Jonas Almeling from Business Sweden and Sara Bella Festa from Åkestam Holst. Welcome! Hi! Thank you! Hey. So let's start with you, Jonas. What do you do? Like, what do you actually do at Business Sweden? Uh, so my official title at Business Sweden is I'm Head of Innovation and Ecosystem, uh, and I'm responsible for something called the Glo- Going Global Initiative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that means I'm, I'm working for Business Sweden, which is an organization which is the Export, Trade and Invest Council of Sweden, and I'm mm-hmm. responsible for working with uh, the fast-scaling, fast-moving, innovative tech companies and supporting them going globally both from Sweden out into the world, but also companies all around the world who are scaling into a Swedish, Nordic and European market. So it is a public organization, a public... It's it's part profit. public, part private. Uh, mm-hmm. It's owned by, to um, um, 50% by the foreign ministry and uh, the other 50% by all major exporting industries in Sweden. Okay. And so what brought you to Austin? Like, why did you actually go to South by Southwest this year? Well, uh, a a very big part of my job is is relationship building and and connecting ecosystems. And South by Southwest is probably one of the most interesting and also one of the most chaotic places to build relationships. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I've been involved in, in activities in South by for a number of years, but I've actually never physically been there. So this year I was very much there with sort of the glasses on of, of exploring what the gaps are, what the opportunities are, and trying to find out how we, uh, in a much more lean and innovative way, make use of this type of meeting place. Let's get back to that in a while and introduce Sarah. Uh, hi. So, Åkestam Holst. Yeah. You're a creative designer at Åkestam Holst. And I know that, you know, it's it's absolutely one of the best agencies in it the world. It is. Yeah. In fact, it is the best agency of the world. Adweek just named us that. So, we're very proud and very happy. Congratulations. Oh, thank That's you. That's amazing. So, what do you do and what makes Åkestam Holst so, so great? Oh, Wow, that's a, that's a whole different show, but <laughs> to get into a few things of it, it's uh, the creative work that comes out from Åkesam Holst is uh, just incredible. And uh, we just try to um, do everything in the best possible way we can. Uh, and that's also the reason that we why we attend the South by Southwest. So to get like tech input and uh, inspiration and uh, just keep up with everything and try to think ahead and be like uh, at the edge of things. And it just feels like oh, the whole agency goes to South by Southwest. Like you're a huge group oh, of no. like 20 people or oh, something, yeah. you know? No, but we're like, uh, we're 75 something around uh, that in number. Total. Yeah, and we were 13 that, that went. So, and this was my first time. Yours also then, I... Yeah, it yeah, was my okay, first time. Yeah. Uh, I would love to hear uh, your perspective on that. Like, what, what yeah. is... This was actually my rookies. third time. So, oh. I'm getting experience, but I'm still super confused every time <laughs> what's your like if in one sentence what's your like how would you explain south by the, the experience to people who are listening uh in in one sentence um if possible it's it it's almost impossible but it is a a crazy creative chaotic meeting place of people from Everywhere from the most creative to to the the, the most um, corporate there is actually. Yeah. 
And it, so for you, it's a lot sort of centered around networking, but did you actually attend talks as well? Were you sort of challenged when it comes to your ideas of the future innovation in any way? Uh, I attended a few talks. Uh, to be quite honest, I, I, I've been going to a lot of events like this, not not South by, but events like this for, for many, many years. And uh, I think to me, the meetings between, in between what's actually being produced is what's for me personally most interesting. But yeah, I did go to a few talks and I did sort of try to find out who was doing, who was producing interesting content and who should we be connected to in that sense. So yeah, I did find a few gems of, of produced content as well. Any talks that you want to mention? Um, well... Um, in terms of talks, I would say the most interesting. Um, I, I very much enjoyed some of the uh, the pitching events that was produced by South by. Yeah. Uh, there's something called the Accelerator Pitch Panel, uh, which was really really interesting because it didn't only connect with interesting companies, but it was a very very interesting crowd gathering around that. So that to me was, from a production point of view, the most interesting part. Mm-hmm. What about you, sir? Uh, well. To get back to your first question about my my takeout from this first time at South by, uh, I I just all of that creative craziness it just <laughs> that, that was the best. I wasn't expecting to get hit like that. I loved every second of it. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, all the talks and the I attended the workshop and uh, everything going on at night and all the like the crazy little robot things going on in places and. Uh, all these parties and uh, everything. It was just best week ever for me. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I hear you. Did you actually get a ticket to the Westworld activation? As no, well? I didn't. And that would have been a waste of me, I'm sorry to uh, say. Really? I haven't well, really I... been watching Westworld. Oh, oh so, well. I think it's cool anyway. We should tell our listeners that um, apart from talks and parties and concerts, a lot of brands, um, of course, pay to. Um, to sort of showcase and, and launch new things at South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. And Westworld used um, this sort of Austin um, scene to launch their second season, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. And so what they did was they uh, chartered people who were lucky enough to get a ticket by <laughs> bus to this place where they had like built up um, a theme park. A theme park. Well, yeah. Sweetwater, the city, like the western um, city, world town, uh, and had like 40 actors and stunt people and just built this creative, interactive, crazy experience uh, where people, yeah, shot a lot of videos and took selfies for Instagram. And Yeah, I guess it was designed for Instagram as well. It was like perfect for that. Like a, like a pre-announced flash mob. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And some of our friends were lucky enough to, to win a ticket. They had a collaboration with Lyft. So if you booked a Lyft, um, which is similar to Uber, um, a, a Lyft taxi, a cab, um, you were sort of part of uh, being selected uh, to this Westworld experience, mm-hmm. which is... Another cool experience of example of how you as a brand can sort of collaborate with other brands. And yeah, I thought it was cool. Hmm. So, but you attended lots of talks as well, right? So, yeah, I did. At about, I, I think I attended like something like between three to five talks a day. 
and uh, also a workshop. Wow. Yeah, but I mean, I was in uh, the bottom scale uh, from um, my colleagues. Some of them were attending like five, six, seven talks a day, uh-huh. and they were like zigzagging between the hotels like crazy. You know, is the, your boss starry eyes? Uh, is your boss listening now? <laughs> well, I hope she is. <laughs> <laughs> she will prove. She better be. <laughs> Yeah. And so which ones did you like the best? Do you have one that is like, Yeah, I have one that stood out for me. I mean, apart from the apart from the I mean, the, there are really fun talks that like listening to NASA, they're traveling to the sun and they're going to take samples from the sun. Whoa. I mean, gee, it's like <gasps> I couldn't like sit still in my chair listening to that because mm. these women were very passionate like an engineer and a scientist were talking about this but uh, that doesn't really apply to like my work every day not uh, yet you at know. least no, maybe, maybe right. in a couple of years <laughs> of course <laughs> but uh, another talk that I attended that really stuck to me was to talk about screenless internet and that that was a huge thing it was uh they talked about how in just a couple of years 30% of all web browsing will be done without screens mm. Mm. so it's a lot with alexa and voice controls and um, other brands like alexa and uh, how they're developing that and how that's uh, affecting the ux uh, situation and and everything really how how we develop things and how we what emotional uh connections we have to mm. all of these uh, situations and how there will be like audio pre-rolls and post-rolls instead of um, like ads that you can skip and things like that and yeah. and also some interesting discussions about which I know were in other talks also um about who controls the data mm. that's between you and uh Oh, for example, like Alexa. Yeah. Like in 10 years when you will have spoken so much to her and she will have heard everything that's going on in your household and that who who has the right to that data? It's mm. it's like, uh, uh, it's a bit scary when you think of well, it. Speaking about that, mm. um, I attended um, the talk with Waymo's CEO. Uh, so Waymo is uh, Google's sort of self-driving car company right. yeah. um they have a minivan that's rolling right now and we actually got to see a video of like live footage of people sitting and like sleeping in their waymo because the car was driving we'll get back to that um <laughs> because it, it showed it has like in a couple of days turned out to be more complex than that but one of my favorite questions but you know at south by this time was um uh, a person in the audience asked the, the ceo uh, during the q a if um a couple with kids uh, would <laughs> would be able to have sex in the car on their date night without feeling supervised. Without, like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like so embarrassed and he was laughing for like five minutes before he could answer the question, which he did like, mm, you know. Um, but yeah, I guess a lot of people can relate to the question. And the answer was? <laughs> well, it was complicated. Asking for know. a friend, you know. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. But we should mention that a lot of the talks at South by are recorded, either videos you yeah. can watch them yeah. on YouTube, mm. or you can listen to them. Um, I think there are audio clips for almost all talks this year. And this, the talk that you mentioned um, as one of your favorites, I think, was called 
I've got no screens, internet screenless future. Yeah. Right. Uh, with Christopher Farrell. Farrell from, from the Richards Group. Exactly. Mm. So those of you who want to listen to this, um, can you just Google it and, and mm. find it online? And um, yeah, another person who spoke about this was Amy Webb, whose talk, she's a futurist and um, has a company called Future Today Institute. I love that title. I she's know. a futurist. I know. I know. My God. And she's a database futurist. <laughs> she's not just one of those like, um, I have a gut feeling that this is going to happen, blah, 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 um, AI, blah, blah, blah. But she's, um, yeah, she, she, it's definitely data-driven and does heavy analysis on all the trends that she includes in her report, which you can also Google and, and find. I have I definitely recommend you to check that mm. out. Um, and she spoke about the fact that you know a majority of, of us, especially in North America, will use uh, audio-based interfaces instead of screens in 2023 or something like mm. that. So that's super cool. Getting back to the sort of Swedish perspective, Jonas, of South By, uh, this year, SAS had um, their own House of Scandinavia in Austin. Yeah. Um, and I know that you were, we met there a couple of times and you were involved in activities there. Can you tell us a little bit about, like, was it yay or nay, their, the whole sort of experience of, of their place? Well, I, th- I think it's definitely thumbs up. Uh, I think... I mean, you, first of all, you have to understand that. I mean, we're talking about producing content at a place where, where content has the biggest FOMO factor you can ever find. Like, we're all talking about this now. It's it's extremely hard to produce anything that's going to compete with with these type of, of talks and with Elon Musk being on, being on stage yeah. and, and stuff like that. But they doing it from a commercial perspective, which SAS did, uh, is at least from from me coming from government and coming from a sort of altruistic perspective of how do we make this useful for others, uh, creates a platform that works rather than, you know, government, institutions and others producing and putting a lot of taxpayers' money into producing this type of thing. Uh, I think it really, really did work very well. Uh, so the, the platform to be able to cre- create something on... Uh, on the House of Scandinavia was really, really good. Mm. There's a lot that should be done better and could be done better. Mm. Can you mention some things? Um, Well, first of all, um, what they did really well was that they involved a lot of partners. There were, I think, 24 different partners from from all of the uh, Scandinavian countries involved. Yeah. Uh, And... Just having that number of partners involved is very good, but it also takes a lot of coordination to get those partners working together. So from that part, I think there's a lot that can be done in terms of of just using that platform of all these organizations being involved and making them cooperate better. Um, The other part I would say is that they can do... um, um, They can do more on... um, tracking who shows up and who's there and ah. how do we interact and asking more questions right. uh, to get to understand the people to sh- that shows up at a place like this. They did a very, very open meeting place, which is really nice. And mm. it's sort of in contrast with a lot of the other stuff that goes on that is very exclusive and go to the Westworld and get a ticket and stuff right. like that. So it's in contrast to that. But on the other hand, we don't really know who showed up. Right. Right. And if they want to improve, like do it again next year, that data would have been very useful to like find out what of people course. Said, like like you and yourself. What of you course. Have, yeah. 
And it's really close to convention center, like the actual oh, yeah. center. The, the, the location is is you know a a location. It's it's almost perfect. I don't think yeah. that from from a cost perspective and from a performance perspective, there's I don't think there's a better place. They mm-hmm. really really did did find a good place, and they they turned this uh, American diner type of place into something that really did feel like a Scandinavian type of meeting place. So yeah. they did a good job of creating an experience that that you know builds on the brand value that we're trying to create and the experience they were trying to create. What they also did very well was that they actually did produce content that was, you know, unique. Mm. They created the dinner experience with Mads Refslund, uh, one of the co-founders of, uh, of Noma in, in Copenhagen, where they did this Kid Michelin, you know, dinner experience, which is totally unique. Exactly. So that, I think, you know, building on those types of experience and understanding how you can actually contribute to a place like South By is, is something that, I mean, they nailed that and they can yeah. continue to, to find more opportunities like that. And it seems like they're definitely considering being there next year as well. At least they're doing surveys to see, like, what can we do better? And so I thought the daily recaps were quite good as well. Like they had some people on stage and they were talking about what they had seen and what their takeouts from that was. Uh, that that's good to hear because I actually yeah. did not uh, find the opportunity to to participate in one of them. So yeah, um, I I think that absolutely does add value. Um, mm. um, I mean, it is the place where, and you tell me you've been to three, four, five different talks uh, yeah. a, a day. It takes a lot to prepare yourself for that agenda, like picking the content that you want to go to, and yeah. you're, you're always missing ten other things. So. Mm. Absolutely, to get that sort of feel on what's been going on that I haven't been to, absolutely. Yeah, and just sit down and like, whoa, what was this? Like, so many, I've heard so many things and I barely don't, you know, I barely know who I am right now. That type of experience. We have to be structured. Like, I took screen grabs of everything I went Mm -hmm. to and like the names of everything so I could remember. And a lot of people were taking pictures and writing things down. And and also some of, I mean, some people in the audience, they had these huge cameras with Mm -hmm. the large objectives, you know, like they go click, click, click. And they took like four photos of every screen they saw and I'm like wow this <laughs> is like make use of that? this is like an xy axle with some numbers on it why do you need four <laughs> photos of this and it's like really disturbing to be sitting next to someone like that but yeah well either way we all do our our own techniques for exactly. <laughs> remembering yeah. what we've seen so and we can get back to that actually talking about sort of recommending like how do you actually prepare for South by if for those right. of you who want to go mm. next year and like what to consider? But Jonas, I just want to talk to you about like, did you actually have your own activation at at the House of Scandinavia? We, we didn't produce anything. I was involved in a few panels, mm-hmm. uh, and and I did support a few events just to get you know the people I know and and, and get interesting people to come to these events. So mm-hmm. that was more of me. I, I I had more of a role of supporting the events that was going on rather than producing. So. Uh, but I, I was involved with uh, the Danish Design Center uh, with their um, events, uh, talking about design and, and uh, the sort of the future of tech and design, mm-hmm. which was really really interesting. Uh, and that um, one thing I could mention is that uh, 
to me, one of the things that I really did bring home with me was in connection to, you know, no matter if it's design or if it's data, it's about re- being responsible with, with the innovations that we create and with mm-hmm. the solutions that we create. And and this was really, really a, sort of a red thread through the whole week for me. Yeah, I would definitely say that mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and it was interesting because that also connects a lot to... to you know the mission that I'm on 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 a sort of Swedish Nordic level, where that those type of values really does connect with with our nation and with you know the fact that we've always tried to be the good guys of the world and and having a responsibility and really sort of lean in on on how we build these um, these companies today. I think Southway is a very very good place to have that conversation across each every sector there is mm. uh, and there aren't that many opportunities actually in the world to have that really cross sector so mm. so that's one of the things that I really liked about South by as a whole I, I just have to sort of add gather because I work with gather myself and I um, Absolutely. we had a session um, at um, House of Scandinavia um, not gather per se but I, I I got to speak for five minutes about gather and sort of push it because it's sort of a, a sister sister conference to South by here in in Sweden um and um but also South by is actually coming to Stockholm uh just a couple a, a couple of weeks before gather in September uh, yes South by with the sort of co-created meeting place product and event that's called me convention mm-hmm. that was created um, last year together with uh, Mercedes-Benz and Daimler and they've created a, a meeting place that's sort of connected to South by Southwest. It's in a park there. You have a lot more reflective, deep dives, uh, a much calmer meeting place than South by is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually a speaker at the the, the, the first Me convention outside of Austin, which was in September in Frankfurt at the car show there. Uh, and then they now decided that they're turning it into its own event and it's premiering in Stockholm in September, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's amazing to actually... You know, have them select Stockholm as as one of the places, first places. Yeah, it's a cool city. We should be proud. Mm, right? We should. Uh, we should be really, really proud of that. That's really, I mean, cities, countries have been for the last ten plus years trying to get South by to come their way to produce stuff, and then, and they've never, never, ever done that. Mm. And this, uh, for the first time, they're actually doing that. And they selected Stockholm in in competition with a lot of cities around the world. Mm. So yeah, yay for Stockholm. Yeah, we, we should really get try to get rid of all the polar bears that are on the street. Before they come. <laughs> <laughs> sort of lowered impression. <laughs> yeah. Now it's drones, and, you know, <laughs> drones and polar, polar drones. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, so one of the events that the event that I I spoke at was actually initiated by Invest Stockholm, and I loved it, and it was highly appreciated, and like full of people um, attending it. It was super cool. And they announced that they're actually, they announced an initiative where they're going to sort of um, focus more on female entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs, which I think is great because it's something that I worked on for many, many, many years. Um, So adding that layer. Oh, absolutely. And can I really second that? I love the campaign that they started rolling out, A Woman's Place, uh, where they're sort of branding, rightly so, Stockholm and Sweden as probably the best place to be a professional woman. Mm -hmm. Not only an entrepreneur, but being a professional woman, you know, 
and I love it. I, I totally support that. I'm really, really trying to, to focus on on getting them a lot of support for that. It's mm. fantastic. Yeah, and I would say South by Southwest. Uh, you can definitely tell that we're getting the conference is getting more aware. I I second what you just said, Jonas, about sort of actually discussing why we invent what we invent and and these larger questions. South by used to be a place where you know, like focused on the coolest startups, and I think Twitter was launched there, and Meerkat yeah. was launched there, and it was all about like what is the next big thing. Uh, whereas now it's more like how we how do we actually use the the services that we use and and like what are responsibility yeah responsibility say. was a word that was quite common in all and in, in yeah. everything I think yeah and awareness and yeah. and also diversity um, mm. there's a whole different feel to the to the talks now and and like I think they had 14 keynotes seven male keynotes and and seven oh, great. female keynotes oh, so good. they're mm-hmm. actually more aware of of um, the representation on stage as well and um, and of course like me too was a huge topic as well did you attend Sara did you attend any talks where like diversity and me too or no the only talk uh, that brought that up was the fjord talk mm-hmm. uh, she had like some uh, points of on diversity and women she herself was a black woman that had been raised in uh, like oh i can't remember where but in in neighborhoods that are not as you know common for people to succeed in their business career right so she was very um she actually finished the talk by saying that each and every one of you in this room you have to remember that you're all privileged Mm -hmm. because you cannot be sitting in here and saying that you're not privileged because you are just the fact that you're here means that you're privileged and it sort of it got us all i think Mm -hmm. we were sort of caught caught up in the the seriousness of that moment that she's right mm. we're here at this uh, fantastic place connecting with people and going to all of these talks and we can afford a ticket to right South right yeah. we live at fancy hotels and we uh, uh yeah well you know mm. it was true yeah two events that happened right after south by that i would have loved to discuss there but you know couldn't because it happened afterwards <laughs> where um oh the FOMO w- level uh, exactly <laughs> the whole the whole um Cambridge Analytica Facebook right. um yeah. thing oh. and also um oh, yeah. the tr- very very tragic like Uber mm. Volvo um mm. first deadly um hit or accident with a self-driving car yeah um which should we discuss first like Facebook Cambridge Analytica oh, yeah. speaking of it, it just feels like sort of there's definitely this whole new discourse around the responsibility of these large companies. What's well, your take I'm on it? I'm just going to say finally. Finally, uh, yeah. In a sense, because I, uh, at least to me, this is not something that is news. Uh, the fact that you can and that companies do this uh, has, has, to me, uh, and I think to many of us in the sort of tech bubble, it's been known for quite some time. Uh, but, but there hasn't been a... Um, a market out there that's actually been aware of it and started to to uh, to push changes on it, and and you know, market is what talks in this sense. So mm-hmm. um, finally, we get you know not only government but also uh, people in general aware of this, right. and and so in a sense, it's really good that it's out there now. Yeah, and the big thing here is is the way that data the data has been handled and sold, uh, sort of sold to companies. Um, against the policies that have been established, 
but it seems like Facebook has sort of known that their data has sort of been used in ways it shouldn't be, but still exactly. really done anything about put it. Put a lid on it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I, I thought that was one of the most interesting things about it. Also, Mark Zuckerberg's response to this. Mm, tell us. Because I haven't heard it. Yet. No, but like in the in in the recent years, he hasn't been like really. He's been like he's on he's in top of the world, you know. Right. So he doesn't really care about what other people think. But now it's a different situation. I mean, he's older and he has this and he sees the stock is plunging and, mm. uh, you know, a lot of people are getting upset. And I think that I don't think too many people will leave Facebook, but I think all the users are now aware of my personal information. Where does it end up? Mm. So he sort of had to go out and make this Apology. And what did he say? Was it a genuine apology? He said they would look into that and that they would update all the uh, the producer of the apps uh, and that they would uh, like create new uh, algorithms so that if if there's an app you haven't used for three months it would uh, erase itself mm-hmm. and uh, some things like that. But did he address um, the fact that they don't you know they're the fact that they haven't really done anything about sort of well putting a lid on it no he was he was sort of shoveling that responsibility over to Mm. others he said that because you know they they called they want to uh, take him into the what do you call it like the court um like the he what do you say some type of hearing yeah some sort of hearing and and his response was that okay we we could of course attend a, a hearing and and say what we have to say but Maybe it shouldn't be me because I don't know too much about that, mm-hmm. but I can send someone else who does. So you know, he was sort of, ah, okay. yeah, yeah. And and I guess one of the things they did say was that they're looking into if there are other companies like Cambridge Analytica mm-hmm. uh, who are the, doing the same thing, basically, because there are. Like this is yeah. just one out of right. probably hundreds at least mm-hmm. doing this type of of uh, uh, using data in this way. So. Mm-hmm. I guess it's good. I mean, he's he's not going to accept responsibility, right? Uh, but I mean, with the focus on the, the 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 shift of focus that they did last year, shifting towards focusing on community, uh, and and you know what this what what platform really was about from the beginning, it mm. it really is. He needs to take responsibility for this. Uh, My guess is that he will be um, a keynote at South by next year. Oh. Um, yeah, just because, <laughs> you know, we put he some just... money on this? Well, oh, yeah. yeah, we should start a betting pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he definitely has some image work to do, I oh, guess. Yeah. And South yeah. by, I guess, is a great platform for that. So just, Cheryl was speaking at me convention in, in Frankfurt. Uh, Cheryl Sandberg. Cheryl Sandberg, yeah. yeah CEO. Interesting. Okay. Well, so, Sarah, you looked into um, the accident with Uber and Volvo. Yeah, um, yeah. Tell us I a little bit because, about, like... Well, I sort of... First, it was just like a headline that just flipped by me. But then I saw something about the safety driver. Mm-hmm. And so I started digging into that. And I read the article, like, that you posted. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out that all these self-driving cars have what they call a safety driver. Mm. Yeah. So, like the driver's empty, is, uh, the driver's seat is empty, and then they have this safety driver whose job is to just sit there and like check the panels that everything is working and get the car out from a jam. Like if it gets stuck between a delivery van and a mm-hmm. pole or something. Yeah, there are some situations where they can where, maneuver it out. Yeah. Uh, but but so. Uh, this car, which was an Uber car, a Volvo, I think, uh, was traveling in the dark and it had just come up like a hill and was going in a large curve 
And there was this woman there with a bike who was just crossing the street, a 49-year-old woman. And the car hit her and she died. Mm. Yeah. And that was terrible because, uh, I mean, that was exactly the 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 things that 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 the how do you say the car the whole system was supposed to notice exactly these things like if yeah. it, if it couldn't notice like there's a bike there and there's a woman in the middle of the road and it's like in a 90 degree angle from her, from the car yeah. and like it it, it looks like a like, situation where a human driver definitely would have hit her because she approached right. from from nowhere like from the dark and, and in a it, sense you can say it did yeah. because the safety driver didn't re- react either because exactly. it was just too fast exactly but a self-driving car with sensors definitely should have noticed exactly her. the sensors would have picked up all of yeah. those things and they mm-hmm. were like by the book things like things the sensors definitely should have picked mm. up because it wasn't hard it wasn't like a dog running zigzag or anything it was like right in the middle of the road and at the best angle possible for the car to pick it up yeah so sad very very sad for many many reasons yeah all right um, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing um, at least to me where we're looking at situations where where we sort of expect machines to handle these situations better than humans. Mm. Uh, and we're still at a place where, you know, the, the the level of intelligence that our AIs are working on is, is you know, a par or, or beneath the level of intelligence that humans actually have. And mm. um, I'm just thinking if we're trying to get, to, to if we have, if we expect the self-driving cars, the AIs to act, better than us mm. um, are we expecting too much of them uh, yeah but in this case there were both like both a human and the AI, AI machine yeah so, but if we're yeah. saying I mean I haven't actually seen the footage I mm. just understood that it was a a situation where a human driver would probably have been at fault as well and, and the accident would have happened if it was a human driver was driving right they're not charging her though um Because they, as I could understand, it was just too much of a split seconds thing. Yeah. So, so we're talking yeah. fractions of a second here. Yeah. And and for uh, and we're, are we expecting the AIs and the self-driving cars to make that type of quick decisions that right. even humans wouldn't have made? And the interesting thing here, I don't know if you know this, but uh, for me this was like I thought this was this was like a test thing. Uh, but then it turns out that there's something like 400 people in the United States only that are employed as safety drivers. Mm-hmm. So there's like a whole market for this. And By Uber, right? There are a lot of other companies as well. Yeah, the, these were inclusive, like the other companies as well, uh-huh. the 400 people, mm-hmm. not, not only by Uber. And they all have different regulations for hiring people, like different standards for backgrounds and things. Mm-hmm. And But... But I mean, the 400 people, that's like, wow, there's a market. Maybe they're actually using this all the time because I didn't know that. I thought this was like a test phase of this. But I don't know. I know too little about it. But um, Um, interesting. Yeah. Anyway, I guess the interesting thing here when it comes to AI is I guess we keep learning about sort of what's human, what are we good at, uh, what's AI good at, what is it getting even better at doing, etc., etc. And we just, well, it's um, apart from the fact that this is very tragic and a person actually died, 
it's yeah. also being a tech person, I must say it's still interesting to sort of see how this discourse develops and what we can learn from it and, and sort of actually make sure that this doesn't happen again, I guess. Right. I, yeah. I would actually be quite interested in, in, to know about the the accidents that hasn't happened because of AI mm. and because of self-driving cars. Yeah. So how, you know, can we get some input on, on how this works not only when an accident happens, but when when we're actually avoiding accidents as mm. well, and and what are those situations, and you know how do we compare that to how a human react, et cetera, et cetera. We're yeah. we're getting very very little information about something here that that I would at least want to know more about. Mm. Yeah, True. I read that uh, before I left for South by uh, that the research that they're doing now in this area is what happens around the car, like yeah. because people get so shocked and amazed when they see it so they sort of step into the street with no thought of anything else just wanting to take pictures and you know they're and that's where the accidents happen turns mm-hmm. out so that's another side well, too that was actually one of my favorite talks at south by last year uh when google again was talking about their self-driving car and actually showing footage of what people are doing uh, to get attention in front of these cameras, the cameras in in the self-driving cars. So people like dressed up as chickens, dancing in front of the car, <laughs> just testing. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, people are crazy and doing whatever to to get their one second of fame, I guess. You can get a lot of that on Google Street View. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I know. So we have to wrap up, unfortunately. But so um, I would love to hear your take on like for people who are considering going next year. Mm. I actually just bought my badge, so I'm going <gasps> next wow. year as well. Yep. Oh, I envy you. I, I, I chose the platinum this time because I want to listen to music Ooh. as well. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but your top three recommendations for how to prepare and why to go. Okay. You want to go first? Yeah, sure. Like, I think uh, why one should go is depending on the perspective that they're there for. Like you and I, Jonas, we're, we're like, um, we have totally different focuses when we go there. Yeah. So, but I think like the greatest advice that I got before going there was, number one, be prepared. Mm. I mean, you have to check the schedule online before you go there and sort of go through all the talks and workshops and everything that's available for you. Uh, just so you can... I mean, you have to be prepared. If you just show up and you start the same day looking through the the phone, what what you should attend, then you're, I mean, it's no use. So that was like the best advice. And uh, number two was get a new email address. Oh, yeah. And why? So that everything that you RSVP to and uh, everything you attend comes into that account. Because after South By, you get a lot of these third party, uh, <laughs> you know, buy this and buy that kind of mail. <laughs> right, exactly. And so then, then you could just cut that mail address. And yes, the, and then email addresses be... is this like number one currency in, in Austin. Yeah. South by, and right? so that mm. was that was probably the best advice. So yeah. Um, and the third and final advice was I used a service called RSVP. Er, yeah, <laughs> RSVP. Yeah, uh, uh, that uh, accepted uh, all all like the party invites that came mm. both on Facebook and on Eventbrite and everywhere. It sort of um, clicked attending for me everywhere. So almost everything I wanted to attend yeah. after hours. Uh, 
I had, I was on the list. And we should mention that you didn't actually attend all of these parties, <laughs> right? Oh, Almost. Oh. <laughs> but Crush but you definitely had the heart. option to because yeah. you never know where you want to end up. Right. Like, but it was, it was a very good thing to have because you knew you were always on the list. Yeah. And what about you, Jonas? Um, oh, um, I think, well, connecting to the last one then, uh, there was something that I found out just basically the day I arrived is that some, a bunch of entrepreneurs uh, created a, a sort of a guerrilla service connected to the things going on around this, which is called the spreadsheet. Uh, so for $10, you could get a list of all the events going on around this uh, with descriptions, with codes, with how to get in and, you know, stuff like that. So $10 to get that list to just find out what's going on that is not on the official agenda and, and to get on this. Because you know, a lot of people aren't as privileged as uh, some was to get these invites. So, right. I mean, exactly. you should be able to hack yourself in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that that was a really, really good part. Um, for me, like I said, relationships is what's important. So do be um, treat this as a festival where you plan your schedule, you, you plan your agenda. Uh, hopefully you'll go to most of the stuff that you plan, but also be content with just staying in the moment, staying with the people you meet, mm-hmm. uh, spend time to build those relationships, spend time to meet them again and develop them and, and mm-hmm. you know, level in those relationships because, you know, um, you will get inspired. You will get a lot of insp- um, ideas coming from there. But you need people around you to, yeah. to realize those ideas. So, yeah, very good advice. So um, just trust that it will end up being a great experiences, a great experience. Well, in in that sense, and and actually also for the ones who've been there a few times, you know, be stay with the ones you already know. Level mm-hmm. in your relationships. That's extremely important. Yeah. Um, and then. Uh, at least for the ones that I'm talking to, which is you know of startups and entrepreneurs who wants to get in touch with decision makers, customers, partners, etc. Uh, one really good way of hacking that is to check the schedule. Who's speaking at a talk? Don't really bother about the talk, but be there before and after mm-hmm. to meet the people mm-hmm. uh, on those panels. Get that first you know handshake, eye to eye. Uh, stuff like that and treat that agenda and, and you know sort of find out how you can yeah. make those uh, first first meetings happen and south by provides a social um ser- like a s- service where you can actually check out people online first and um and contact them right yeah absolutely if you log in do use yeah. that but don't think that especially the ones who are sort of um, very interesting to meet. They're not yeah. going to hang at this on the social app. So, <laughs> so, don't, that, so you know, find them physically. Yeah. And it's for for many of us. Uh, maybe you've been to Almedalen, mm. uh, and to me, this is like the Almedalen of the tech and the creatives. It's a really good place to have these meetings. So, yeah. so use it as the same way you use Almedalen. Okay, great. So thank you, Jonas, and thank you, Sarah, for joining us today. And thank you, listeners, for hanging out with us this year. And, and hopefully, I'm guessing we're coming back next year. Uh, so keep an eye out for South by Southwest Podden. Bye. Bye. Det här programmet görs på Beppo. Beppo. <laughs>